Welcome to another episode of Put You On Pod with Tondo. And today I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to try to do a track-by-track review of Wasteland by Brent Fias. This is the first time I'm ever doing a track-by-track, so bear with me as I <laughs> hopefully don't stumble through my words too much. But I have some very, very specific talking points about this album because I think that, you know, I wasn't really ex- – I don't know what I was expecting with this project. I've been a Brent fan for some time, really dating back to – like 2017 with Saunder, Saunderson. And, you know, one thing I like about Brent is that every single album sounds different. Every single song sounds different. You never, you literally never know what to expect. And those are some of my favorite artists to check out. And I think he, he just blends the worlds of hip hop and R&B really well. I don't really even think of him fully as an R&B singer. He kind of, to me, operates like on both genre in both genres um and like in the best way possible and you know seeing his his growth of late from going just really being like a really low-key artist from being on crew and i think when a lot of us heard him on crew i don't know i don't know about you but i expected his music to sound a little bit more upbeat so for his music to be like almost emo sounding it sometimes or you know at the, at the at the beginning anyway was almost like wow like i don't i don't know how to feel about this but as it as it it just grew on me the more i heard it um in the first album like i said i think with Saunderson, he had a, he had another ep before that called am paradox and that project is also really solid um there's definitely a lot of just a lot of his best songs are on those two projects and that's not to say that his newer stuff is not is not good i think a lot of his lucy's especially a lot of his singles leading up to this project have been really 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 good but i will say what is it fuck the world his last album wasn't exactly my favorite it felt a little bit more like a mixtape than like a debut album and i think that's kind of what he was gearing towards like it was probably more for that anyway because i think with this album you'll see he has a much grander scope when it comes to crafting albums and he showed that early on with you know Saunderson. and i think you know he one thing i've noticed with also a lot of his music is he, he likes to implement skits in a very unique way and that is very present throughout this album. Um, but this is going to be my off my second listen of this project. Because the first time I listened to it, you know, my expectations, I was kind of, I didn't really have many. So when I heard, you know, the music, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is cool. I've heard better from Brent. Nothing really blew me away. The main thing that I took from it was it just seemed more heavily produced than before. But that was about all I got from it. Again, his his lesser tier songs are better than some people's best but you know i um second listens man they always they always do something different i don't know about y'all but specifically the second time i hear certain songs especially songs that are going to be like in my rotation going forward it's like you're hearing a whole different song and to me that's one of the most beautiful things about listening to music so with that being said let's get started this album starts off with the villain theme, and it's basically just a skit um, where he's kind of talking about the narrative surrounding him and the word toxic. And, you know, the word toxic to me has just lost so much meaning with on social media. People say anything's toxic. People say relate like your relationship is toxic. You know, if you and it's like, OK, like to me, that word, if you say words like that that many times, at a certain point, you're just going to be like, okay, so what does toxic actually mean? Because when it comes to a toxic relationship, it really takes two to make it toxic. So, like, <laughs> what are you really saying? And in regards to Brent, I think that, um, you know, I mean, his actions are definitely never good <laughs> when it comes to women in most of these songs. But I feel like he's more manipulative and blunt than he is, like, toxic because, you know, people who, who don't say certain things that he's saying... Um, they're just as bad. They just don't say it the way he does, <laughs> which is pretty much with no filter. So yeah, that, that that the project is pretty much just, or sorry, the the intro is pretty much just, you know, it's a little bit of a skit, um, a little bit of like a a mashup of different people talking about him, and you know, it just seems like he's really leaning into this villain persona that he's gonna portray throughout this album. But also, it seems like he's wrestling with it a little bit. So you kind of get that early push and pull that we're gonna see a lot more of as the track list goes on. So track number two is Loose Change, 
and I think that it's one of Brent's stronger intros. He typically is really good at intros, but I think that, again, I was a little bit disappointed with Fuck the World. The intro on there, I don't really remember it. I do remember Clouded was an early song, and I love that, but I don't think it was the intro. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, as a listener, I'm not sure if I'm tripping or not, but I'm pretty sure that there was Skyline, and I don't know if that was, like, an actual song. But this song I really enjoyed. Um... There's very early indications that this project is going to be more heavily produced, kind of like I mentioned earlier. And, you know, he's known for doing more minimalistic music, especially with his early, early stuff. And he just uses his voice as an instrument, but, like, not to the point where he's molding it so much. He just has these different vocal ranges that he taps into. And his his voice just always sounds like it's trembling but intentionally and i think that's what makes a lot of people appeal like a lot of people appeal to his music and you know there's some people that are kind of like the vocal police when it comes to r&b i don't care just make a good song you know what i mean but i think um the very thing that makes some people like turns people off to brent is why some people really enjoy him and that's you know the just the shakiness of his voice almost the uneasiness that comes off of anything of everything he's saying so that, you know, that that definitely shines through in this early song. Um, but yeah, I think this probably might be my favorite intro from him since Gang Over Love. Um, moving on to track two, though, you have Gravity. And I really won't say much about Gravity simply because I've heard it since, I think it was like early 20, 2021. And it was in my rotation the entire year. Probably one of my favorite Brent songs like ever, to be honest, which is saying a lot because I have a lot of favorites. And him with Tyler is a is a really a, ma- a musical match made in heaven. They they also have a song on Tyler's album called Sweet um, slash I Thought You Wanted to Dance. It's an eight minute song, but it might be the best eight minute song I've ever heard. But those two just have really really good chemistry. And if they those two weren't already great good enough together, you have Steve Lacey with his like signature guitar riff. If you listen to Steve Lacey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It, it really goes with almost every artist, but there's certain artists like Raven Linnae. Um, I mean, he has one song with Kendrick, but I think it really sounded like they just sounded perfect even off that one song. Gold Link, same thing. One song, one of his best songs. And Brent. The, the way Brent is, I definitely want to hear the three of these guys collab a lot more because I just think that, you know, their their, their styles just mesh together so well. And Tyler, you know, every year just gets better and better at rapping. It's more versatile. He's got he's reached that point to me as, as a feature rapper where you can put him on any beat, like any beats, and he's going to fit. He's going to find a way to get into a really good pocket. And that's no different with this song. Um Definitely, definitely a great song, and I really envy, I I truly envy anyone who's hearing this song for the first time, because I remember the first time I heard it, it just would not leave my rotation, but if you heard, like I said, this was, this is a, this is a really good song, so, you know, great start to the album, track number, I think it's four, is an interlude, Heal Your Heart, and this one also, you know, is a little bit more heavily produced, but it's very short, and truthfully, you know, I, I I wish it was a little longer, but at the same time, I think that's kind of the beauty of a lot of interludes is they're so they don't overstay their welcome, and it gives it a lot of great replay value. Um, it seems, I say it seems like Brent has returned to his sappier roots. I will quickly, <laughs> I will quickly be shown that that is not true at all, because it seemed like okay, you know, he's gonna go on back to Saunderson. You know, on Saunderson, he had talked to you, he had stayed down, and he was like, man, this dude, you know, he really, he's really down for his girl, bro. Like this girl's, this dude is like really wearing his heart on his sleeve. And then you get to clouded, and it's like, fuck her on the floor, like, I don't give a fuck about, and it's like, okay, alright, <laughs> alright, I see you've been through some shit, so you're not, you're not quite as, uh, <laughs> you're a little more heartless now, you know, you don't really have the same heart you used to, and, you know, that's, that's shine through, that, you know, that'll shine through a little later on, but I'll, you know, for, for a brief second there, he had me fooled, um, and this, this song, um, the, there's just a great piano riff at the end, and there's going to be a lot of instruments throughout the album that I'm going to mention. I think on Loose Change, there was an amazing violin throughout the track that just really just added to, like, almost the haunting atmosphere of that song. But um, I'm not the most educated when it comes to instruments. I know that's crazy considering how much I love music. So don't judge me if I get an instrument wrong, because sometimes I don't think I know the difference between drums and a clarinet. And obviously that's exaggeration but yeah it's don't judge me that's all i'm trying to say (laughs) 
so next one next up we have egomaniac another skit there's skits throughout this whole album and and the first time i heard this project i'm not gonna hold you especially seeing the length of these skits i was like hell no bro i, I don't like skits like, i don't like skits because there's very few artists that know how to do skits like if kendrick does a skit if tyler does a skit yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm all the way tapped in because I feel like they're just so intentional with the way they craft their albums. Brent hasn't really earned like that level of equity with me. So when I first heard this, I just thought it was like a basic, like you know, just basic, you know, girl complaining, yada yada yada. And really to summarize this track, it's Brent has a girl with a baby on the way, and she's just really upset with him because it seems like he's not paying attention to her, and um. <laughs> the thing about this that makes it special though especially when i heard it the second time was the attention to detail in the background it literally feels like you're there to the point where you can picture it you hear the beach you hear just i think you hear like even a, a door ringing like he just went into a store like a uh, like a restaurant to talk to her and the audio is just so crisp um it, it, it really feels cinematic and i think that is the strength of all these skits not to mention the fact that they actually do connect later on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, props to Brent because, you know, it, he, he be having, like, one to two to four minute skits. And I'm just like, bro, like, I'm not, <laughs> I ain't trying to go. Like, I have a short attention span, which is why I have to listen to albums twice to be able to talk about it. But uh, two skits, my nigga, three skits on an 18-track album. But, listen, he proved me wrong. So, uh, no more complaining about skits from here on out. So next song we have is All Mine, and All Mine, you know, if radio hits still mattered, All Mine is the radio hit, like, by far. It's just such an amazing, amazing song, and from this point forward on this track list, you're going to be hearing me quote things a lot, because just taking notes for this project, like, as I was listening, I was like, yo, this line stands out, this line stands out, this line stands out, and there's some of them that are funny, like, honestly, most of them are just funny because... It's just, I love artists that can find creative ways to tell us as the audience that they're a piece of shit. And, you know, Future, Drake, Future and Drake are the masters of that, are the masters of telling you in, like, the most roundabout way, like, hey, I don't give a fuck about you. And Brent comes from that same cloth, and I'm not gonna be that person that's like, oh, it's toxic, it's so cool. But it's funny to hear. It's it's funny to hear. I, I cannot front, it's funny to hear. And I got a lot of stuff written down. I think this one, <laughs> this one where the this is where the manipulation starts, and this this song, especially as we get into some more um, tracks where he's you know leaning into the villain persona, this is where he's manipulating the girl that he's with. It's it's very clear because the line that stuck out to me at first was, "If only I could pay my bills with my love for you," and when I heard that, I was like. I might gotta steal that, like, <laughs> like when my girl mad at me or something, I'm, I might gotta steal that, cause that's cold, but that shit is also, <laughs> that shit hella manipulative, like, it's like, bruh, like, <laughs> that's insane, um, and then, you know, his signature bluntness also comes, where he's just flat out, like, you told me your new man don't make you nut, that's a damn shame, so clearly, I guess, he the side nigga in the situation, um, <laughs> And it's like, you know, it's like there's so many different ways he could have said it. But he just said it. Like, he said it in the way you'd probably say it to someone in real life. Although I don't think most niggas is that blunt in real life. But it's kind of crazy to say that in a song. Um, with that being said, you know, some of the blunt, crazy shit he said aside, it's definitely the most, like, radio-friendly song. Like, it sounds it sounds like a hit. Um, maybe a TikTok sound, but it's getting harder and harder to be able to predict what folks want as a TikTok sound. Um, overall, it's it's just a, a really good song, and another, there's gonna be so many themes, so, <laughs> excuse me if I'm repeating myself, re repeating myself, sorry, um, but there's just a lot of consistency throughout this album that makes it as good as it is, and another one of those things, along with the production, along with the quotables, is his hooks, and Brent usually, at least on this album, I, I have to go back to really remember, but this um very very repetitive hooks but i do not mean that in a bad way like his hooks are really good therefore when you hear them over and over again each time you hear them they get better and this song you know he's saying all mine a lot but again the, the production as a soundscape just fits so well with what he's saying and how he's harmonizing and you know some people say i have limited range but i don't know it it, it really works it really works um i think 
one of the things I also like about this this uh, song is the layered vocals. It sounds very full, and you just it, it almost feels like you're underwater, like in a certain way, like in a you know a lot of his music especially recently has like a very wavy sound and this song is like the embodiment of that at the highest level so so far this was probably my favorite um track when i was going through the grand scheme of the album still might be honestly once i start putting some of these in my playlist so the next track we have is price of fame and this released i think it released on youtube a while ago and then it's released prior to it a couple i think a, not like right before the album dropped basically and at first when I heard it, I mean, it was six minutes, and, like, sometimes my attention span ain't really there, so I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, I didn't really think much of it, but the more I hear it, the more I hear it, the more I like it. Um, there's a really cool xylophone picking up, which kind of, like, it's, it's like, weird, because, again, I think it's a xylophone, don't judge me, <laughs> I think it's a xylophone, but the xylophone kind of picks up, it's like it's ramping up for something, and... It's just, it gives you this sense of, like, you feel like something, like, kind of crazy is coming. But the entire song, you know, he's really just talking about, I guess you could say that the build-up kind of represents when you're famous, um, you know, things start moving kind of quickly, and you start becoming a very different person. So, you know, you have this, everything starts off really chill. You're like, wow, like, I'm famous, and then, you know... You get, I feel like most famous people have some level of corruption when it comes to their soul. And I don't mean like in a dark conspiracy theory way. I just mean you have access to that many resources, that much money, that many, that much women, you know, all these resources, all this, all these people screaming your name. I think that it's pretty hard to not get a little bit corrupted in some aspects. And to me, I might be projecting a little bit. Sometimes I'm heavy on symbolism. Um, in this case, I, I truly think that the xylophone um, slowly building is kind of a metaphor for that in some ways, but <laughs> I could be wrong. And I also, there's a really cool beat flip where it's not like an entirely different beat, but like, I guess you could call it a bridge, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not the best at my music terminology when it comes to that. But I, I just like the the transition where, you know, you're, you have that build up, then the beat kind of slightly changes. Um, I think the second half has like a different hook than the first half. And <laughs> actually, so this is the one, this is the other one about this song that I really enjoyed, or, or sorry, the next quotable that I really enjoyed. Never said I was the best in the world, but I'm the best for you, girl. And you see how it went from he was saying how much he loved her in the most like exaggerated way to being like, listen, <laughs> I know, like, I never said I was the best guy. Like, I'm not, I'm not really a good guy, but really, like, I'm the best you're gonna find. Like, <laughs> and it's like, you could hear it, it could sounds heartfelt, but when you really dig into it, like, that shit kind of manipulative as fuck. Like, you're really saying she can't do no better than you. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy but um another amazing use of guitar and just just peak peak production like peak production value on all of this you can definitely tell that he you know he put a lot of thought into who he chose um feature wise too because i haven't gotten to many features yet but every single feature on this album i thought was perfectly placed with the exception of one that was a little questionable which i think is actually coming up next <laughs> so with that segue we have Ghetto Gatsby, and I'm not gonna hold you. First um, impression of this song is I hate this title. I can't explain it to you. You know, I've watched The Great Gatsby. I was forced to read it in high school, like twice actually. But I don't like Ghetto. I just don't like that name. Like I don't. I don't know where he was trying to take the culture with that one. But <laughs> beyond that, um, it definitely grew on me the first listen because I'd say the first time I heard this, this was easily the weakest song I heard. I don't know where I put it now. It's definitely not one of my favorites still, but it sounds a lot better. It's a very slow build. Um, the hook on this one, Brent, like at the beginning where like he's kind of had like his off kilter flow was not messing with. I thought it was the one time that he really was not floating. It felt like he was kind of lost trying to find his pocket. But again, it, it sometimes the more you hear him say the same thing, the more you kind of let the beat act as a canvas in a way because there's not that much going on um it's more so in this song because this song is a lot more 
um ho- not hollow but um it's more minimalistic so more of his typical stuff from the past um so with that with that being said you know it's um it got a little better but then you have the kind of background vocal slash spoken word kind of rapping with Alicia Keys, which was a little bit of a strange choice to have Alicia Keys be doing like rap spoken word. And at first I was like, bro, what the, what is this? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Because truthfully, even though I like this song a lot more, why are you, why do you have Alicia Keys, Alicia fucking Keys, and you won't have her rap? Like, to me, that's just like, that's so backwards. Like, we're going to talk about um wasting time with drake and you know i i definitely wish they had like a r&b cut <laughs> versus like them rapping over a neptune's beat but you know i'm a huge drake fan i like hearing him rap i think brent kills it too the hook's amazing i love the neptunes so it's like okay you know what i mean like i think y'all should make y'all really should make an r&b cut soon but i'll take it with alicia keys it's like alicia keys don't rap like why i don't know i don't know how they got to this point but it's unique i'll give it that and I, I do think that it, it, it's probably gonna grow on me. I think it's probably gonna grow on me. But another segue. Let's go to wasting time. And just like with gravity, I heard wasting time all throughout last year. Like as soon as I heard it, as soon as I saw this niggas was collabing, I was like, I gotta peep this right now. And it was weird because it was like, okay, I think I've heard this Neptune's beat like a thousand times. <laughs> Which you know, Pharrell and Chad always just they always go crazy. And, you know, there's some, there's, you, you always just have this signature kind of drums in the back that you hear when it comes to, you know, Neptunes. But at the same time, you know, it can get a little, it can get a little stale at times, but like, it's the Neptunes, bro. Like, I can only get so tired of the Neptunes. And it was just interesting hearing, for one, Drake over Neptunes, because obviously he and Pusha T have a beef. Pusha T is connected to Pharrell. It was very interesting to hear that, because I, I don't think we would have ever heard Drake on a solo um, Pharrell produced joint and then Brent being on it too was interesting but I think that Brent fits very well just naturally on that type of um style I actually think him doing a, a whole project with Pharrell maybe even an EP would be um would be some really really great music um but this out uh, this song the number one thing I can say about this song oh my god the quotables I'm gonna read a few because <laughs> boy there is a lot <laughs> and first off we got the hook where it's literally just you waste your t- if you're gonna wish <laughs> if you're gonna waste your time come waste your time with me like you see every song he just keeps peeling back the layers of him just being a piece of shit it's like <laughs> he went from saying she couldn't do better to saying like you know what i mean if we wasted time i mean why not with me you know why not so you know it just <laughs> it keeps getting worse <laughs> as the album goes on but let me get into some of these other lyrics. <laughs> Drake especially. I think Drake's really the main one, to be honest with you. Drake had a lot. So, first off is <laughs> flush the magnums just so you're not collecting my specimen. <laughs> That's a sick-ass line. And I think this came a few months after where you had that girl on IG saying that, like, Drake poured hot sauce in a condom or some shit. So, it almost lends credence to it, I guess. But, I don't know, like, that <laughs> that line, like, is just... Like, who thinks of that? Like, you really have to have a sick, twisted mind to think of something like that. To say that like that. Like, it's just... The phrasing is always crazy to me. <laughs> um, This one's not necessarily so sick, but I just... Throughout the flow of the song, it doesn't sound like rock. Like it's not like he's like on some on some fabulous shit or some shit or like some like double entendre shit. But I just I just like it, especially in the flow of the song. Only time I play the back and forth, uh, or sorry, the only time I play the back and forth is Aaliyah Records. I just like that line. It's just that line is just hella cold to me. Um, <laughs> okay, this next this next um, part, I'm not sure if this is what he means, but this is how I took it. Um, the way she is with so-and-so, I'm not gonna say, he be calling himself on IG, um, (laughs) you would think she a veteran on Remembrance, and that's just, that's just funny, because I feel like he's trying to say, like, oh, she just knows, (laughs) she knows exactly what's going on down, (laughs) I don't know, like, it's just the way he says things, it's like, why did you say it like that, like, who is possessed to say things like that, you used to do skincare, but now you do swimwear, a lot of women, (laughs) there was a, so I think he said something about being fluent and passive aggressive, but I don't remember the actual line. 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could just be me, you know, I have a weird twisted sense of humor, but I just found that entire song funny, well, amazing, all at the same time. So next track is Rolling Stone, um, and I'm going to start right off with, these, with a quotable. First, I'm exciting, then I'm gaslighting. And see, again, we just continuing on to the next stage of just putting this woman through hell where you're <laughs> you gaslighting her while accusing her of, of, of you gaslight like, sorry, you are gaslighting her as you're addressing her saying that you're gaslighting her. I probably messed that up the way I said it, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's just like the way he threw that back at her. I ain't gonna hold you. I low key want to steal that one, but. I also just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna be sleeping on the couch, <laughs> or whatever equivalent of that is for me is at, at this age. But yeah, <laughs> um, the weird thing about that word though, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm tripping or not. I feel like I heard gaslighting for the first time in like 2019 or 2020, but I had never heard that shit before, like ever in my life. It felt like women just decided, just they just, I swore like they literally just created that word overnight because I had never heard that before. And to this day, I'm when I like I still am like, is that is that really the original meaning of that word? Like, I mean, the first thing I heard when I hear gaslight is like the gaslight in a car, like when your when your car needs gas. But I don't know. Um, even though I just said I'm probably not gonna use that line, I definitely have tried to flip it and be like, you're gaslighting me, because women love using that line. So we can just twist that shit, uno reverse. It feel kind of good. But then she get more mad, and then it's like, okay, that probably wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, but as for the song, Rolling Stone is another amazing hook. Um, the piano on this song is just so haunting, just so haunting. You can you can tell that he's getting to the point where, you know, he's being a bad dude. But he's trying to almost victimize himself. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I... Not necessarily victimizing himself so much, but getting sad, even though he's the one causing the situation to be messed up. <laughs> um, and you have this, you know, great line that kind of colors the, the the back half of the track, where it's like, "I'm sorry in advance if I let you down," and just just that. Again, like to say in in advance, like you could have just said, "I'm sorry that I let you down," but instead he's saying, "I'm probably gonna fuck up again. I'm sorry." I'm sorry. I'm just letting you know off rip. I'm sorry. This this apology, you just don't have to take. You just gonna have to take this apology into the future. When I do it, you can just be like, you know what? He did say he was sorry in advance, so like I can't be mad. Like who? Like bro, he's he's bugging out, man. He he's he's wilding, bro. It's getting it's getting kind of crazy. Um, but again, another great song. Uh, next up we have fuck you talking about. Um, and <laughs> so if you ain't the one. Either find me some money or find me a plug. That might be the the craziest, most disrespectful shit I've heard on this album. And it's up there. It's up there. I mean, hip-hop, we know. It's it's too many disrespectful lines that have ever been uttered on tracks. Like, it's too many to count. But in recent years, maybe all time, telling a girl that, like, you not if you're not for me, just find me some fucking weed is crazy. That's actually insane. But I guess when you when you are R&B star, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe you can just say that type of shit. Cause I don't know, bro. Regular niggas over here getting killed. <laughs> we getting killed, <laughs> like literally. Um. So, but we have a, another appearance of another DMV artist, and I love DMV. I love supporting DMV artists. I'm always gonna extra hard for them, which is one of the reasons why you know Brent, um, from Jump. I've always tried to support. And the great thing is, there's so many underrated artists, so I'm not just supporting them because they're from the DMV. Their music is legitimately good. It just makes me want to see them succeed even more. And this guy's named Junie. I've heard a few songs from him before, but I know I need to check him out more because he definitely has a very distinct style. I don't even know who to compare him to, but he's um, he came in the track just like on 10. Um, I, I love when you have a song... And you see a feature, like, okay, okay, I wonder if this person's coming in. And they just come right into the, like, just, just bust into the, into the song and, like, just, just float. Like, it's crazy. Like, on Jimmy Cook's, off the Drake album, 21 did that, where he literally just was, just spazzing, just straight out the gate. And Junie did that same shit. Um, definitely, definitely was a, a great first impression, or I guess semi-first impression. And I feel like... 
it's early to say because I've only heard this song and a few others, but I feel like he's underrated because he, I don't know, he, he really he really went crazy on this. It didn't sound like a flute at all. But this song is definitely the most hip-hop sounding song um, so far in the project. There's a few others that feel like it could exist on a, on a more, you know, hip-hop centric album, but this one is very, very, um, very heavily leaning into that. Um, but yeah, another another great song, probably in my top two or three so far. Um, next, we have a skit, Oblivion. Super duper cinematic. I mean, it's you. <laughs> this skit is 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 so wild. Like it's actually wild. And honestly, one of my biggest pet peeves with skits, and one of the reasons why I don't like skits, is I hate skits where a rapper is having sex with a girl. And you hear, like, you literally hear them having sex and they're saying all types of dirty shit. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I, it, and it doesn't add anything to the song. It doesn't add anything to the atmosphere. It's just you showing us that you be getting pussy and like, bro, we get it, you're a rapper. We don't need to hear a whole song of you busting shorty down to know that. But this song, or this skit, I mess with because, again, within the theme of the album, it works. Basically, what's going on is, it sounds like he's leaving an award show and he's with this girl in this limo. And he's about to step, um, go to another city, it seems like. But she's like, yo, I want to, you know, do something with you one last time. Meanwhile, his girl calling, he's drinking, he, he's just kind of like, he's just, he's just sauce, and he's ready to <laughs> bust shorty down, for, <laughs> to, with, for lack of a better term. And, you know, she's just throwing that shit at him, basically. But on to the attention to detail, in the background... You hear All Mine playing in the limo. Um, at one point, he tells the driver to, I think, roll up the privacy window. And you hear the privacy window. And <laughs> you also hear some other illicit acts happening that may or may not be real. Who knows? But I would just say it sounded like that girl was actually giving that man fellatio. It did not sound like acting. I don't know. But I'll just say very vivid imagery. <laughs> And another skit that, uh, oh, last thing I'll say is, at the end, she was like, just give me 10 minutes. And it's like, all right, bro, like, this, this, this song, like, it, it, it feels like a real scene. Because the stuff that's being said is so much more clever than just a nigga, like, a rapper fucking a girl, and she just says, like, all the stereotypical shit. So, yeah, props to Brandon Gann for being more creative with how he's a piece of shit. You know, you gotta give, gotta give credit where credit's due. <laughs> So the next track is Dead Man Walking, and this song's almost two years old. I have I actually have no idea why he put it on here. Maybe it was a streaming thing, because you know a lot of these artists be trying to kind of get that workaround to add some streams. And Dead Man Walking is one of my favorite Lucy's from him. It's it's just I use the word cinematic so much, but that is a word that I think has been attached with a lot of Brent's music, really from day one. I think he just has a lot of music that sounds like it could be like in a movie montage, especially like a rom-com or like a coming-of-mage movie. Like the first, um, you know, on Par I think it's Paradox AM, his EP, you have No One Knows, which also has a really cool skit at the beginning of it. And that song to me just, it feels like just a scene, a movie scene, just off of the song itself. Um, you have songs like Los Angeles, where it sounds like, you know, a coming-of-age movie, these young people going to Los Angeles for the first time, just seeing the beauty of it. Like, it just, it comes across so, I don't know, like I said, he just, I don't know what it is about the atmosphere he creates, um, the production he chooses, but it just, it just, it just is so unique in that, in that regard. Because there's not a lot of R&B, I feel like, that sounds like you could just plop it in any movie, really. So you have um, <laughs> this one line. I'm only mentioning it because it's so dated. Um, I got diamonds doing tussy slides in both ears <laughs> because that song did not take off at all. Um, it, you know, I love I love the slow build up to this song where it's like I think a piano and it's just like mm, 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 mm. and then you know he's just slowly getting into the song and then he just starts floating basically for the duration of it. And then it just, it fades out the way it kind of came in. And this song is really just a complete masterpiece. I mean, two years in, <laughs> it might it might come back in my rotation. So, I mean, because I haven't even listened to them to this, to this song as much as I, I have with um, Gravity and, and Wasting Time because it was a lot more recent. But, you know, <laughs> no complaints there, obviously. 
Next song. In contention for me for the best track on the album is Addictions with, I think, Trey Amani. And, wow. <laughs> this, this, this song is really great, and I think... Um, it's also a huge step for Brent in the scheme, uh, like kind of with like his, his, I guess his character arc, if you can call it that, where he's, it sounds like he's almost admitting to, to being addicted to either drugs or women or both. It's not entirely, I don't think he, he really knows. Um, and you know, also a lot more of a rap, um, you know, more, more of a hip hop sounds, but you know, just very, very, um, it's very upbeat. But at the same time, there's just like this really sad undertone of him realizing that he really has a problem. Like he's actually trying to admit. Because everyone knows the first step is you got to admit it. And it sounds like he's admitting that I, he has a problem. Um, although, <laughs> speaking of he ha him having problems, more wild lines. I want to have more freesomes, but you're so territorial. It's like, bro, how do you take that and spin it to make it on her? Like, <sighs> This guy is sick, man. This guy is sick. And then this line to me, it's it can be it can be perceived as funny, but I think you know it kind of goes along with him realizing his problem. Maybe it's the love, maybe it's the drugs, the pussy, maybe it's all the above. And side note, I remember when you were in school, when we were all in school, whenever you, whenever you had a like a multiple choice question, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like all the above was always the right answer. So in this case. I think he probably addicted to all that shit, cause all the above is always the right answer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and yeah, Trey Amani um absolutely destroyed his verse. Um, another feature that was just perfectly placed. I heard another song they had was with was um it was on us that dropped a little while ago, and I think it was supposed to be Trey Amani's song. And I didn't really like him that much on that song. I really liked the the song. I liked the song cause of Brent's hook and shit, but um. Yeah, he he and he he really did his thing on this track, and um, you know I don't know he might if it grows on me more I might have to check out his stuff honestly. Okay, so the next one we have is role model, and this one's not quite an interlude, but kind of has that feel. Um, there's like a kick drum going throughout this song. I think the earlier part of this song, and again I think it's a kick drum. I could be wrong. Um, it's a little out of place sonically. In a weird way, really good song still. Um, well, it's a good it's a good song. I mean, it's not not my favorites by any means. Um, I think it's the weakest hook so far, but <sighs> there's no bad songs in this album. Um, but that's pretty much all there is to that one. So next up we have Jackie Brown, and I'm aware the title of the like Jackie Brown is a reference to a Quentin Tarantino movie, one that I've never watched, so I don't even understand like. I guess the hook, the hook he says, something like, something about his bitch being like Jackie Brown, that's all I remember, and I don't know what that means, so I can't, I can't really do a deep dive on that part of it, but I really did, I probably enjoyed the, like the, the uh, beat on this album more than I did necessarily what he was doing on it, um, but, you know, it was still, like I said, a really good song, no bad projects, I like the filter that's put on Brent's voice, which has been on a few other tracks, and, you know, not every artist sounds good with a filter, but I think Brent is one of the few, along with, like, ASAP Rocky and uh, Tyler a little bit, too, that they just sound really, really good if you put, a, like, a really heavy filter on their voice. I mean, on Fuck the World, the entire song was literally just a filter. And I heard, I was like, this is interesting. This is weird. He's pretty much just kind of rapping in this, like, you know, this this heavy, this heavy, heavy, heavy filter. But it works for him. It's another thing that's just kind of a little off kilter that just fits directly with what he's, you know, just a strong one of his strong suits. Um, a little random, but it was interesting that Static Major, rest in peace, and Timberland were were, were credited. So I don't know if it, it's probably a sample. I'm guessing because obviously Static Major is no longer with us. But it was just an interesting. It was interesting to hear that. And truthfully, I think Brent. You know, especially from that era of like Timberland, uh, Static Major, and um, Aaliyah, obviously Missy Elliott a little bit. I think he would have fit right in with a, with a lot of that song. I, I could definitely hear Brent um, doing like some background vocals on like an Aaliyah song. But yeah, that was um, nice. Definitely, definitely, and definitely a very, very good song though. I think I think that's another song that's gonna get just better and better, especially when I put it on a playlist. Okay, so. This next song is called Bad Luck. It sounds 
I'm a little confused because it sounds like he got caught up, but it also sounds like he could be talking to a side chick or his main. But if it's a side chick, you can't get caught up because, you know what I mean? I don't know because her his side obviously knows about his main. Um, yeah, this song honestly was not my favorite. And yeah, these last three are probably going to be better in the grand scheme of things. It's just they are a little bit repetitive because, you know, he's talking about mostly the same subject matter. So Bad Luck is good but it's probably it'll probably be better once i listen to it outside of the album but yeah this nigga just sound like he moving hella sloppy to be honest like he don't sound like he's doing nothing to hold shit down and at at least make sure his girl don't know what's going on but now we come to wake up call and wake up call I heard somebody on TikTok say this was one of the best kids they ever heard. And the first time I heard this album, I was, I just, I, four minutes? No. No, it's a, it's a song. Like, why didn't, why wasn't this just a song? But then I decided to take my time and listen to it. And they might be 100% right. I've also heard somebody say that it was better than We Cry Together, but on um, Kendrick's album, don't know about all that. <laughs> um, but this one is a lot heavier and a lot deeper. And um, it's, it's better acted and better, it's more visual. Because all you can really visualize and we cry together is two people yelling at each other. <laughs> and maybe the fact that Kendrick is trying to dangle his keys over his girl's head, even though I don't know how a 5'4 man can dangle keys over any girl's head, but <laughs> go figure. That's really the only like visual age you kind of you get. Um, but with this, again, just the background noises. So vibrant you you feel like you're there you feel like you're there everything from the way his girl because just to you know summarize it actually so i'm I'm not just kind of rambling brant's girl basically found out and he's not even with her she's calling him and she's basically just saying like i think i don't remember if he called her or vice versa but regardless they're on the phone and she's saying i can't do this anymore you have literally embarrassed me for the last time you've treated me like shit all this you are not going to see this child now of course when he hears that he's thinking like she just gonna leave me she just gonna like probably move away or something and hide the child from me but what she means is i'm not gonna see the child either neither of us are gonna see the child because i'm done and then of course brent starts panicking um he's he's trying to talk her down trying to have her stay on the phone she's saying very powerful things like when you came into my life everything felt better because i was so sad before you and it just kind of goes into like the codependency on both parts where brent seems to be somewhat of a lost soul and he's filling his void with women and alcohol and drugs meanwhile she's feels a void for whatever reason in her own life and she's filling it with brent but you know, Brent is actively making things worse and seemingly kind of pushing her over the edge at this point. So, you know, it's it's a universal thing. It's not like anything groundbreaking, but it's very heavy subject matter to specifically cover like her like about to t- attempt suicide. Like that that's actually a very very um very heavy. I mean, I don't think I don't I haven't se- I haven't seen an album where a skit wasn't just something like that hollow if they're going to be talking about women. So, like I said, props to Brent. I mean, I think they all deserve Oscars for this entire, <laughs> this entire, like, all of these, like, all of these skits. Like, they, they deserve Oscars, bro. Because when I tell you, I mean, I legitimately bought everything that was happening. Um, She gets to a certain point where she's, like, actually leaving and, you know, Brent's trying to talk her down. And again, something even more powerful, she says that I'm going where we first met, where I fell in love with you, and that just, that's a gut punch, that's such a gut punch, to, you know, him hurting her that bad, where she feels like she gotta end things where kind of everything began, um, just kind of a lot of, um, interesting thematic stuff there, um, so, you know, as this is happening, Brent is trying to get into his car, he's speeding, you're hearing like the highway, you're hearing the franticness, you even hear like the the elevator when he's going down the stairs, like everything is there, you are there as the listener, and it all comes to a head when he crashes, and he's on he's on the phone with 911 while, while he's driving really fast, and he crashes, and the person's like, sir, 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 are you there, so we don't actually know what happens to her at all, everything cuts off because she hung up the phone prior to that, 
So it just kind of ends on this cliffhanger of sounds like Brent's dead because you're hearing him like cough, you're hearing him wheezing, and it's, it's it might it might gotta be adapted. It might gotta be adapted because this it's just so well acted, so well done. Um, but yeah, this that was the really the ending um, of the story as far as you know the overall theme goes. But now you have the final track the outro track called angel um when i first heard this song I, I still wasn't even over what i heard in the previous song so i had to listen to it like twice um very very somber guitar um he's self-reflecting actually looking at himself in the mirror for once still kind of trying to manipulate her a little bit um <laughs> but it sounds like you know he's he's definitely in the afterlife um probably in, he's probably in hell to be to be quite frank um and uh yeah he's learned some lessons but not <laughs> not enough um and you know it's just he i think he sees where how he ended up t- at this point this was all a domino effect of him not treating her the way that she should and you know he he says he he calls her an angel in disguise which i think is interesting because when you're dating somebody and you have depression and i have depression so i actually have personal experience with this but when you're dating someone you obviously try to not have them be your whole world, but oftentimes it feels like them coming into your life is you being saved from the purgatory that your life felt like before. And unfortunately, when you do that, you're fighting a losing battle because when things are good, they are amazing. But the but the but when you when they when they're not good, you like to you would like to end it, and that's just the honest truth about it. So especially when you're with somebody that plays with your emotions, whether it be intentional or unintentionally. It, it becomes even harder to fight those, um, you know, those, those dark tendencies. And this, it, it's just, there's so much weight in what he was saying. and There's so much weight in the skits and how it all came together. And I think that when you're talking about R&B, when you're talking about love and, you know, men treating women like pieces of meat or whatever, there's only so many ways you can slice it to where it's not, you, you, we like R&B albums not because anyone's reinventing the wheel. We like it because it sounds good. We like because they're vocals. But I think Brent did a really cool thing of actually making it more meaningful than just, I'm fucking this bitch, I'm fucking this bitch. Like, he's actually telling a very cohesive, um, very cohesive narrative. Um, <laughs> I will not elaborate, but if I heard this album about two weeks ago, it would have torn me apart. Like, it would have, <laughs> it would have been bad. But luckily... Some things have transpired so that I am not, <laughs> I am not falling to my knees here in this project. But yeah, um, the moral of the story though: treat your girl right, and don't be a piece of shit. That's really the best way I can sum up this album. Um, as for my final thoughts though, this album is very, very, very good. I think it will get better the more I listen to it. Although I'll probably, it probably won't be an album I listen to um all together it's probably going to be like more so i take i take a bunch of songs and put them on playlist and what happens with me usually with most albums is you know i'll put it on playlist and i'm like okay I, this song i forgot how good this song was to like a bunch of songs off the album and then suddenly i'm basically listening to the entire album i'm just i'm just not listening to it chronologically <laughs> so i can definitely see a lot of potential with this album too um because you know crack my rotation and I'll still say, I mean, it's it's always too early after two listens after a month to say what album is somebody's best. But I do think that this is definitely below Saunderson. And I don't really see anything overtaking Saunderson. I think Saunderson was just so cohesive. And it's, just, it's a very clean and, again, minimalistic soundscape. But he just, he, he, he I don't know what, I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like that project to me is his him at his best, and I think he can get better, and I don't think that, I don't think he fell off by any means, I actually love when R&B artists switch it up, because I think too, too often times, they make the same album multiple times, um, but it's still, I, I, I don't see it, I don't see it crossing over, I, re- I really don't see it um, becoming any better than that, but, you know, time will tell, I've said that about a lot of projects in the past, um, yeah, I mean, I say, out of all the songs I heard, Addictions, All Mine, Price of Fame were my favorites. Also, Fuck You Talking About was also really, really good. 
Um, it, it, this album really just plays to, to Brent's strengths while also showcasing his versatility. And I think that was his biggest strength. And also, you know, it sounds more mainstream. As much as I like Saunderson, Saunderson isn't an I Am Here album. Um, Wonder Wasteland, though, it definitely feels like a more more commercial I'm Here type of album. And I think that, you know, his his star is already rising. Um, a lot of people, I don't even know if people know that he's from the DMV because he doesn't necessarily rep it like that. But he's from an area in the DMV called Howard County, which I used to, you know, I've I, I mentioned him before in the podcast. I'm from, I'm from Maryland and I lived in Howard County for a time in my early adult years. And Howard County is very, 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 very small. So there was a period of time between like 2017 and 2018 where you would kind of just see Brent walking around. Cause like he knew a lot of people, people, you know, some, some mutuals, I guess, like in a, you know, a broad sense, because again, everyone knows each other. So saying your mutuals with almost anyone anywhere isn't really like that much of a stretch. So but you you could literally just go down the street and just see him walking somewhere. And it's hilarious that he's going from that to he's if he's in Howard County or anywhere right now, he is walking around with security, like no doubt. So just seeing that growth is amazing. I mean, I'm always, always, always going to root extra hard for DMV artists because I think that it's a lot harder for us to break in for whatever reason. I don't know if the state is blackballed or what, but there's a lot of great talent there. Not a lot of people showcasing it. And I think Brent's going to be, for the foreseeable future, he will be the face possibly of R&B. I don't think a lot of people will want that considering their issues with his vocals, but for sure, he will probably be the biggest artist at the DMV for, a, for, for the foreseeable future. Um... I don't have that many complaints about the album other than the runtime being a little long and some of the songs being a little bit repetitive towards the end but the it was it was the album was a little bit front loaded but I don't mean that in the worst way possible I mean like I said there's probably only three songs that I could have done with that I thought the outro track was was really really good um so you know definitely redeemed itself if you will in that regard um the only thing that's strange to me is it he had a song he dropped last year called Mercedes and Mercedes to me um, would have easily been one of like the top five songs on this on this project. He dropped it in December, so I didn't quite run it so ragged that like I it wouldn't it wouldn't sound good in this in the scheme of the album. And I think it actually fits the project a lot better than Gravity does because Gravity doesn't even sound like it should be on here. And in as far as like sonically, and same with Wasting Time, like those songs don't fit. Whereas I feel like Mercedes kind of kind of gives off the same vibe a lot of these songs um but if you haven't heard that song i truly recommend it i, I wish he put it on there really just for his fans because not everyone checks for singles like the way i do so they might not even know it's out there but at the same time what i also thought about when i when i you know the more you know i pondered it was maybe just maybe this is deluxe i don't know Part of me kind of doubts it, but one thing a lot of artists do is they'll drop a single, you know, they won't actually put it on the album, and then they and then it comes out on the deluxe later because they kind of let it kind of they let it bubble with the streams and stuff, and they're able to sell even more with the next project. So we'll see. I mean, either way, I'm more than happy with the amount of songs we got. Um, it's he's projected apparently to do over 100k, which for someone independent is absolutely insane. So suffice to say, Brent has a very 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 bright future. And yeah, I am, I'm definitely going to have this album in the foreseeable future in my rotation, and I think it'll sound even better in the fall. But with that, this has been Put You On Pod with Tondo. I am out.